Auto insurance can all seem the same until it comes time to use it. So don't get stuck paying more for less coverage. Switch to USA Auto Insurance and you could start saving money in no time. Get a quote today. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Worlds Collide, a wrestling card podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans. Featuring Tony Bella from WrestlingTradingCards.com. This is like a, a stock market. Like- and Zan Morning from Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, I'm just posing the question. Join them as they navigate the world of wrestling cards, helping you build a bigger and better collection and making some money along the way. What's up, wrestling fans, trading car collectors, back again another week, another episode going strong. And this is another one of those episodes that started off as Tony's topic. And when I saw it, I got fired up because, I mean, you know, if there's one thing that I love talking about more than anything, it's wrestling rookie cards. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like talking about that? <laughs> so as the title stated today, we're talking about does price equal pop price and popularity? That doesn't always equal rookie card. And I think for a lot of people coming into the wrestling card space, they think it does. And I think that's kind of the sports card world too. And uh, music cards and trading card game cards, uh, Pokemon, whatever people always go, what is the first card? And that's cool. And it's, uh, you know, I own a lot of first cards or quote rookie cards or pack pullable, whatever, but in my collection, a lot of those cards aren't the most valuable or maybe, maybe they are, or maybe they're not my favorite but they're kind of in the middle of a price point. So I think that's something we need to talk about today and kind of uh, set the record straight and talk about this from all different angles, because there are different scenarios where the rookie cards are more valuable and more sought after. There are scenarios where that's not the case. And then there are scenarios where there's kind of this middle ground. So um, before we get diving into some cards and some philosophies, uh, what what were you thinking when you came up with this idea to talk (laughs) about? Like everything else, I, I send you text messages uh, uh, on a whim sometimes, just uh, uh, out of nowhere, uh, just because it's something that just instantly came to my mind, whether it be from reading a, uh, a tweet, uh, seeing an Instagram post, or whatever the case may be, something comes to my mind, and I go, oh, shit, this might be a great idea, a topic for, for, for Worlds Collide. Like, in full transparency, I'll oftentimes go like, do I want to talk about this for WTC TV with someone or do I want to do this with Zan and have it as uh, a world's collide podcast? That's always the first thing that comes to my mind. It's always 100%. And I go, Nope, this is 100% an excellent thing that I should talk. Uh, uh, I'm going to talk about with Zan anyways, might as well make it world's collide. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes I think topics are going to work better for certain platforms than they would others. So sure. And uh, I, I don't recall the reason why I did that. Uh, I, I sent you that text. Um, I think maybe it's because I was seeing a lot of posts talking about, especially with Panini Prism stuff, which is obviously that particular release is going to be a, a, a topic for us for, for, yeah. for many, 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 many years to come, I think. Yeah. Um, just because it's, it's, a, it's a controversial release in some respects. It's, uh, it exposed a lot of things to our hobby that this hobby has never seen before within our own hobby for those who were just wrestling card collectors. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's just a, uh, a interesting point of reference It's the Panini prison stuff like that. So with that came with a lot of high end things that became like, 
uh, oh, this is a five-figure card, a $10,000 card, a $15,000 card, a $12,000 card. Um, confirmed or not, doesn't matter. Um, but these are things that started conversations of like, well, just because it's a new card and it's this much, why is this card more valuable than say uh, this popular card that was before or this rookie card before? It was just an interesting thing. I thought like, does price or popularity uh, make a card what it is? I don't know. It's kind of a combination of the two and sometimes they merge together. Yeah. Sometimes it's one or the other and sometimes they merge. I, I figured this out from the sports card world. Uh, you know, look at the, you know, you, you, we've mentioned this before, the 86 Fleer Jordan. Okay. It is the card, but it's not his first card. No. It's the first pack pullable card, kind of. I mean, the, the star cards, I believe, came in team sets. So I don't really count those as packs. But that card is technically his first. And I think there may even be one or two others that were like non-official stuff that was out around that time. But that, like, like, how about Tiger Woods too? Like, I mean, I remember Upper Deck came out with a lot of stuff and they were like yep. really pushing it as like his first official you know, official card. Right. But then there was the sports illustrator for kids that's actually sold for, I, I, I think, you know, based on the grade and that's, you know, we'll get into that, but I think sometimes that card has actually sold more for than than the one that people are calling the rookie card. And this okay. is, we, we've talked about this at nauseum with wrestling. You know, you've got the first example I want to pull up 82 Hogan. Yep. That's kind of what people decided is I, I don't even know if I want to call it a rookie card. I'm going to call it the card to own. Well, there's kind of a lot that. of publications out there will tell you it's rookie card. They, they use right. the word rookie when describing this card. Um, and that's just kind of the label it's gotten uh, stuck with. But as you and I both know, there's the ones before that. There's the official tops release. But if you start going and looking at a lot of these cards, like, you know, how many people are going to the Hogan Beach shop and getting autographs now? Like, and a whether lot. no matter what kind of card it's on. And my kind of logic of why these 82s are sticking over most of the other Hogan stuff is because there are so many of these hand-signed autographs out there. There are so many of these other numbered parallel stuff out there. Obviously if there's a gold, there's only 10, right? But that, that 82 is kind of what kind of has converged on being decided as the, this is the card because there's not, you know, what, what do we believe? Like approximately 2000 complete sets. And we know there's probably not, yeah. you know, yeah, that's a I ballpark. Mean, I a ballpark figure is about 2000 sets. And if you're like looking at the number, I mean, the number of autographed versions of those that card now that have been signed over the last God, even year, two yeah. years. Uh, I mean, would it be safe to say that a hundred or 200 of those cars now I have would, been signed? I would say a couple hundred. Okay. But so what 10, 10% of the cards have been signed now. Right. But even, but even 2000, you know, that's really small in the grand scheme of things. Sure. Again, it's not gold out of 10, but I think, you know, there, there's less of those than there are the tops. And there maybe is less of the ones before the 82, but nobody seems to talk about them. So it's that we're kind of in this weird spot about the rookie cards. But then when you look at the, at the bottom dollar, the two things that continue to go like, we're, again, we're going to talk Hogan. The 82 seems to always outsell nearly everything else. Now, I know there's uh, going absolutely. to be, there's going to be variables that come out, be it, be it, be it um, a one of one, a gold out of 10, like I mentioned. Um, oh, a precious metal gem. Yeah, the precious metal gems, which, you know, if you want to go back and talk some sports, like if you look at a lot of the comparisons between some of the Jordan rookie stuff and some of his precious metal gems, it all boils down to rarity on like the precious metal gems never get very good grades, 
the Jordans sometimes do. So the higher grade Jordans typically will outsell a mid to lower grade PMG, but there's only like a hundred PMGs. And sometimes depending on the color, there's only 10. So it's a rarity scarcity price versus grading. And we kind of talked about that a little bit with our manufactured rarity versus true rarity episode that we did not too long ago. So um, yeah, I'm sure we can pull up some names. I've got a couple of names here I want to mention that uh, just kind of, look, we're going to look at some examples of that, but um, is are you kind of, do you agree or do you have a different kind of angle you want to look at this? No, I, I agree with us. Uh, we, we've talked about this uh, in some degrees uh, over time about different, uh, you know, again, it all kind of boils down to that whole rookie talk type thing anyway. So mm-hmm. we've, had, we've kind of hammered this down to death a lot like that. Um, so, but I, your, your assessments are pretty spot on. I think too, it boils down to kind of how you like to approach the hobby. You know, the last couple episodes, we've talked about that and how everybody does things differently. From my perspective, if it's a card I want to buy, and we just touched on this in the CM Punk episode, I liked that red parallel because it was a little bit more rare. It's a little bit different than just the base card. So if, if I'm going after, you know, let's just, I'm going to do the carry and cross thing. If I'm going after him and I have the option of a, you know, out of five or gold or something like that out of the base card, I'm going to go with that because it's harder to find. You don't see it as much. So as a collector of his cards, that's what I'm going to go for. Now on the flip side, a lot of times we've seen the base cards turn into commodity cards. So they may sell a lot quicker and they may go way up in value, but they also can come crashing down just as quick but they're, they're always being traded because that's like the base, the standard for that person's rookie card, as opposed which, which, to which that, which that definition shouldn't be thought of as the old pump and dump type of equation either. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent. It's just that it's a different type of card, sure. you know, because if you've got um, the lower number parallel stuff, how can you pump that? I mean, you can, but there's only so many of them. So no matter when you sell it, it's going to probably be sought after no matter what. So from my perspective, when I'm picking a card, that's kind of how, what I like to go with. Now, going back to the Jordan, um, you know, the 86 Fleer is like, it's a base card, but it's also so iconic. And that's what we have to keep in mind when we're looking at a lot of the older wrestling stuff. John Cena, perfect example. That rookie card is, he, to my knowledge, he doesn't have any kind of like indie card when he was out in California or anything before that. So people know this card. And that it's, it's iconic. Now, is it going to be worth more than say some of his autos? In some cases it has been. In some cases I've seen a base card in like a nine or an eight or something actually outsell, you know, a random top sticker auto or something. But then there are other times where like maybe trans, a transcendent card has outsold a mid-grade John Cena rookie card. So it all depends on like you know, what, what your perspective is, are you wanting to go after the rare, scarce, hard to find, or do you want what's iconic? I think, and you can have both, but I think that's something that people need to kind of figure out with this whole rookie card debate. And just because you have a rookie card as the title states doesn't always mean it's worth a lot. And just because a card's worth a lot, doesn't mean it's the rookie. Correct. Yeah. I just didn't understand. And uh, maybe someone can out, you know, educate us or me specifically, cause I'm stupid. Um, uh, it's just, you know, is a rookie card always going to be like the, the money card to have kind of something like that. And, uh, as you just stated, it's like that, that's not necessarily always true. So, yeah, I think, I think the rookie card is always going to be the commodity card. So that's going to be like the gateway card, the, what people are looking at something that's going to transact a lot. 
But again, when you get into some of this rare stuff and you, you're just not going to see it. Okay. Prime example. Let's talk about Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, everybody knows his rookie card and it could be debatable because there's like some top slam attacks from that stuff, that, that sure. time period too. Maybe they want to go back and say the FCW cards, although I don't see people talking about them. When it's I see weird yeah, to me, actually. When I see Roman cards, there's two things that come come in the come to, to mind. The first is his tops rookie card. And those are still being you can go buy one raw for like under $50 last time I checked. So, you know, people know that, but they're not really putting a lot of attention on it. What I am seeing a lot of attention put on is different, not just gold, but different refractors and parallels of chrome finest some of those with autos and he, and he himself is a rare it's a weird thing you don't see it with a lot of other wrestlers a lot of other uh, talents it seems like with uh with uh, roman stuff i don't it doesn't matter what it's numbered to as long as it's some sort of a parallel refractor of mm -hmm. some kind it'd be a super fractor an x fractor refract whatever the hell they call them these days um it just seems like if it's got if it's numbered i mean i think we've even seen some weird anomalies where something numbered to 50 outsold something numbered to 10 Yep. Yeah. And, and that's, just, and that's mostly weird. tops products because tops has fifties and their, yeah. their golds are out of 50 and their blacks are out of 10. So yeah, it's just, it's a weird dynamic. It's, it's, people... it's because it, cause it's gold. Yes. And gold is always equated to in the hobby, whether, no matter what sport it is as, as the color, the, yeah. you know, the parallel you should have. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's like, if you look at some of the other Roman stuff, again, like the FCW stuff, like technically that's probably more rare than a lot of this stuff and nobody's talking about it. So here we have an example, which is a little bit opposite of what I was talking about, where, you know, they don't really want the necessarily the commodity card, the rarest card. They're really not looking at either. They're looking at kind of the middle ground. And that seems to be what's moving a lot and selling and, and what's popular. Um, th there's some other wrestlers that I'm sure we can think of. Um, Alexa Bliss. See, this is one where, it seems like her one that says NXT. I, I don't remember the year. I'm sorry. That's like NXT first. It almost uh -huh. looks like that the Chrome, the refractors, the X frac, like any of the shiny stuff of that specific card, which I think is technically her rookie card. That always seems to do uh, like for the most part better than any of her later stuff in parallels and numbered stuff, obviously not counting one of ones, but sure. So there are names out there that. I think, I think just, I've been saying it forever that um, people need to kind of dig and go out there and no matter who you're collecting or if you're trying to quote invest, whatever you're going after to look at things that aren't the rookie card. There are, I mean, let's go back and look at sports again. If you could have the Wayne Gretzky, Walter Payton, Jim Brown, Tom Brady, you know, um, Michael Jordan, obviously mantle. Like if you could line all of those up in, in your collection, you have an iconic collection, right? And for the yep. most part, you're going to have their most, most of those cards are their most valuable cards, but not always. And especially in wrestling, wrestling has seemed to see that completely change compared to sports cards. Uh, it's just, it's a different world we're living in now where the, you know, we said it on the, the last episode where like, it seems like me and you are always picking if we could make our card, we're not going, we're not picking a gold refractor or a, you know, yeah. whatever kind of parallel it's, we're going for like memorabilia autographs, stuff like that. And it, which, which almost none of that stuff really seems to generate for big, big, big sales when it comes to, uh, right. uh you know, as far as price goes. Um, and I don't know if that, that price means that it's not popular or not. I don't know. Well, 
that it's interesting too, that if you look at some of these sales, you could actually go out and buy historic pieces of ring memorabilia, like entire, like a full championship belt that was ring used or a piece of a, a not just a piece of a turnbuckle, but the actual turnbuckle or a chair from Pontiac Silverdome or whatever it is. Like if you look at the prices, a lot of this, some of them you could actually get for less than what you could get a gold out of 10 card. And like, you know, it's just a perspective that, that people maybe like one or the other, but it, it's interesting when you stop and compare stuff like that and pricing. I mean, it's always different strokes for different folks. I get it. But um, I just think it's interesting that um, in wrestling, it's a little bit different than other sports, I guess. And that, well, not, we, not I guess, I know uh, that just because it's like a, uh, whatever the market is deemed as a rookie card isn't necessarily going to be like the most valuable thing. And I just thought it was kind of interesting to maybe talk about that and find out, you know, well, this is more popular. I like this better kind of thing. Like, like what made people think that the Brock Lesnar card from Royal Rumble, first off the first card in the set, mm-hmm. why is that card more valuable than card number, whatever it is, 77 in the set, same set. Uh, and you know, that's a great menacing pose of Brock Lesnar for that time. And why is that from the same year? Why is the raw versus SmackDown set of Brock Lesnar not worth anything remotely compared to what the Royal Rumble set goes for? Yeah. And then, you know, move, move that, you know, what is this rookie card and that rookie card and then jump over to tops Chrome and why are the tops Chromes out of, you know, the gold fifties outselling a higher grade Brock Lesnar rookie card, like even in an eight or a nine or a 10 or something like some of those. I, mean, I, I, go- can I can understand because if that's a base card you're talking about from that set of a rookie card, there's mm-hmm. obviously more of them out there than there's going to be the number to 50. So I, I kind of, I get the numbers game on that respect. It's only 50 of these yet. Probably what a couple thousand of those may, you know, a few thousand of those. And maybe that's why the, that's where the grading comes into, into play because yeah. the grading can then create that manufactured scarcity. So uh, yep. I, I think we mentioned this, but like, um, let's take Dexter Loomis. Like, would you rather have his like true rookie, whatever that is, you know, more than I do his, his, whatever you wanted to deem the true rookie card that most people know as the Dexter Loomis rookie card in a PSA 10, or would you rather have, you know, a gold refractor, black refractor, um, some kind of relic auto, I mean, again, uh, I'm not partially either once like that. I mean, if you want to go back rookie car, I'm going to go back to his TNA stuff with his uh, yeah. Sam Shaw character. It's like that. I mean, um, it's surprising. I'm not even active. I don't own a single one of those cards because it's not of any interest to me. I, I know the, the character as Dexter. I don't go after that stuff. I do have it on my watch list for things. And I've seen some of the things up there. Uh, but I'm like, eh, I'm more interested in going and getting a red, white, and blue Panini Prism card for a buck. Than mm-hmm. I am spending 17, 18 bucks on an autograph card from TNA from TriStar. Yeah. Um, that's just me on that. So uh, if I had a choice, something like that, you know, I don't know. I mean, money not being a factor, I'd probably go after something like, you know, the one of one or, you know, a gold, I guess. I mean, I've, I've had my eye on several things like that. And that's like, I'm not willing to pay that kind of money right now. I'm having a lot of fun just doing base parallel type stuff. Um, it's not, and not, neither one is, uh, well, I look at stuff and I go like, oh, number to 49 on this card, but this card doesn't even, not even numbered. So I have no idea how many exist. Right. Um, you know, 
the numbers do play a factor for me, I guess. So, and the scarcity level, I guess, but I'm not playing the hype of the price versus, uh, you know, popularity type thing either. It's like that. We're, Loomis is not someone that really fits that category. Well, and I guess um, it's all perspective. Like, um, you know, if, if I had a choice, I could have the 82 Hogan or the PMG. I'm going to pay take the PMG. It's not a rookie. It's not a, even a pack pullable card. It was issued from Upper Deck to their employees. Yeah, but what you gravitated towards is something that's right. like that's that's meaningful to you and whatever it means to you. Right. Uh, so when if there's some sort of like a sentimental or a nostalgic attachment to something, uh, that probably has and very well could have more value than whatever the price may be of something else that the market is saying you got to have this because this is the this is the thing to have. Right. So then it becomes about feelings and emotions and at that point. Well, and on the flip side, though, if I'm talking John Cena, I would actually rather have the John Cena rookie card than some of his autos or parallels. or So, so it's like it's a reverse. That's why I guess it's a perspective thing. And there's yeah. different different talent is going to have different perspective, I think, based on their cards, if that makes and, sense. And our, and our segment that we have, this is your card, uh, also kind of plays into that for people's mentality, I guess, is like, well, I don't like this card because it's an action card. I don't even care that it's a first year card. It's his rookie card. It's a horrible looking card. I prefer his second year card because it's got this particular image that I like even more. Mm -hmm. And to me, that holds more value or more meaning to me. And I'd rather have those. I, I mean, I, I get that from a cosmetic standpoint too. That could play a big factor too, but I get it. Yeah, there's a lot of perspective. That's, that's what this seems to be boiling down for me because um, obviously the answer is to buy them all. But uh, if you if you if you don't want to do that or you're trying to you know just I think if you're a collector, you got to have them all. Like if you player collect, super collect, set collect, you obviously have to have what you have. But if you're just like picking what's my favorite card, I say you throw all of that out the window and pick your favorite card. Like I don't care if it's a base card or if it's a one of one, like whatever it is, you go after it. Also, keep in mind, you don't have to pick a favorite. You know, if it's if it's something that you're a character you're into and you're invested into and you want to collect that person for whether it be a nostalgic reason from, you know, the 70s, 80s, 90s, or it's because you're a fan of them now and, and, and just watching the current product. Just just again, like we always say, just just buy buy them all, buy whatever you cancel yet. I mean, I'm not buying all these Loomis, you know, parallels right here from from Prism. So yet, just because I think it's a great action shot. So I, I it's a character that I'm uh, I'm collecting. So I, do I do I need to have like. I have five red, white, and blues. Do I need to have five red, white, and blues? No, I, I don't. I, one would have been fine, but you know what? It's it's price played a factor to me. Like you can't really, you know, turn down a dollar for a cards like that. Like yeah. I'll pay a buck for for a Loomis cards like that any any time. I get people now that are sending me messages all the time, like, hey, I have this autograph card. You well, I already have it. But depending on what kind of price you're asking right. for, it, I might be interested in it still. You know, I do the same uh, thing with the cross cards. I'm just hoarding them at this point. Yeah, it's kind of what I'm doing. Like, you know, do I need to have more than one of these? No, I don't. I, I mean, I have multiples in here somewhere. I mean, I have several, but it's just, uh, you know, I got a card in today. It's like that I, I didn't have. I didn't have the groove version of, you know, the new one, but I have several other of the same ones like that from the revolution. But it's just, it's what you, whatever you like. Um, I, I let price dictate based on whatever my wallet allows me to. Um, I'm not into the popularity thing. So I guess the topic kind of is irrelevant to me in that sense. Well, that also needs to be tied in. I'm sorry, I cut you off, but I think that needs to be mentioned real quick too, with social media, like, um, just because there's some hobby talking heads or gatekeepers or new people, like, it doesn't matter if there's somebody out there and they're like, this is the card, this is the card going to the moon. This is the rookie card. Like, 
I, th- I either think you do what I do and just let them think that and keep going on about your day, sure. or you, it's good to have a constructive discussion. And I say constructive because we don't need to be out here yelling at each other because I, I, I know I, I've kind of made a joke of it that in the last couple months, we've had a lot of true wrestling card experts popping up on social media, but uh, we know who the OGs are. <laughs> We're worried are the last 20 years, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, just again, buy what you want. Like going back to the Roman thing, like, okay, I've like my personal collection of Roman, like I've got the flagship uh, rookie that most people want to consider that. I've got a couple of cool, like I, I just like the look of the color of the parallels. And then I have one gold auto. That's a sticker auto from tops from a couple of years ago. And I'm good. Like, I don't feel like I have to buy any more of his cards. Like I have a good representation of him in the collection that I have now. Could I go buy more and go buy his FCW card? Sure. Could I cash out of everything and just move on? Sure. And that, you know, we've talked about that in the last couple episodes, just perspective, buying what you like, you know, blocking out the noise. And, you know, there are people out there talking that have good things to say. Just be a sponge, absorb what you want, get rid of the rest and have fun. Yeah. You learn from other people's conversations. You know, you might take out a, uh, pick up a tidbit of information that you didn't know about before and you can apply it towards your collection, whether, whatever that may be. Um, I, I do it now. Like I told you last year, when in the beginning of this year, I said, I kind of want to be more like you in the sense that I go and listen to more uh, different podcasts like that. I don't do it to the level that you'd probably appreciate, <laughs> but I still listen to some stuff um, and I'm finding useful information from it. And finding useful information makes me want to listen to other stuff. Uh, so it's, it's sort of a growing process for me in 2022 to listen to things and get that different perspectives from people and apply it to whatever it is I'm collecting. So I, I don't suffer from the FOMO that I used to suffer from before because I, I know my lane, I stay in it. I'm, I'm also, I, it's nice that I have deeply engrossed in du- updating WTC as much as possible as yeah. well. But, um, you know, just kind of doing my thing of collecting Loomis and angle stuff. I just, um, uh, I don't let people dictate how I collect. I don't let people dictate what I must collect and what's a rookie card or what's more valuable or what's, you know, uh, uh, you know, just, uh, I must have kind of thing. I, I don't care how popular it is. I, I just, I go after what I like because I like it. And, um, I have other factors that determine how I want to buy things. So, um, price versus popularity, uh, doesn't mean rookie to me and it shouldn't mean rookie to anybody else. Um, you just go out and you buy what you like, you collect what you like, you display it how you like. Um, and there's no wrong way to do it. Um, if you want to dump a lot of money on something because, and it's not worth that, but you feel like I don't care. Like we've all overpaid for things before. Sure. And I think that sometimes we go, ah, why did I do that? Other times we're like, I don't care. I wanted it. That's what I paid for it. I don't care. I wanted it. Yep. Um, and, uh, so price popularity, I don't kind of, I think I tend to lean more towards price to determine whether I'm going to buy something or not. Obviously that's the end all be all for me as far as what I'm going to buy, but doesn't mean rookie to me. I don't care if it's a rookie or not. Um, I'm kind of collect them all if I can. That's yeah. Kind of thing. Well, and you said something too, I want to touch on as we kind of close the show here. Pers- uh, I keep talking about perspective and you were talking about listening to content and taking what you could from that. I, that's what I want people to do with this show. When we say something, that doesn't mean you have to agree with it. What we're here to, what we're here to do is put different types of angles of how to look at cards. And maybe you agree with us on this show, but then you disagreed with us last show. 
and it, that's fine. Like we're, we're not out here to say we're, uh, you know, the Kings, the experts, the know-alls, the end-all be-all of wrestling cards, farthest thing from that. Uh, again, I just want talk. The whole reason we did this content to begin with is to just have talking points to continually build the hobby, get more people interested and get more people, you know, questions answered because maybe we spoke about a card that somebody didn't know about. And now all of a sudden that's their favorite card. That's exactly what we're here to do. So, um, and we spark a, a conversation like that where you and I are having a conversation. It's not how we're really doing it. This whole thing is about having a conversation. Yeah. You throw it up there. You watch and or listen to this, whatever it is you're doing, it's like that. And what we hope to have, what I've always wanted, is I want people to engage. I want them to come and say, you know what? I don't agree with you, Tony. I don't agree with you, Zan. Or I, I think Zan's got better points. Whatever the case may be, put your content, put your 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 responses to it, so we know we're going to learn from you guys and too. Yeah. You, you guys are going to go out there and, and make something, you know, like I, I wish I had a Mike the cleaner on, you know, long before Pr Prism came out like that. You know, I followed him on social media. I didn't really pay attention. And I kind of wish that I would have, because I would have had him on as a guest early before Panini Prism came out and then kind of educate people like, this is my perspective. I've seen it all before. This is what's going to happen. Da, 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 da. And just let people kind of digest that and at least have an opportunity to go ahead and make the decisions. But I want those to listen to our conversations that we have and, and engage with us and tell us where, what they like, what they don't like. Tell us where we're wrong. Tell us like, that's, that's spot on, man. I mean, just engage so we can open discussion, dialogue, have a conversation, and uh, we can all learn from it. Tony, closing out, let everybody know where they can find you wrestlingtradingcards.com folks uh 20th anniversary this year uh everything can be found social media wise in the bottom of every page check us out on top rope wrestling con as well coming out september 16th 17th tampa florida uh and then uh what else we got going out um oh national i don't know when this is coming out but uh when we record this uh we're mere weeks away from national and we will definitely have a wrestling presence there i'm bummed you're not going to be there we'll see how top rope con goes next year. Cause I know that you've mentioned you may have it a second year and I may have uh, another reason to go there as well. So pig piggybacking. If I'm going to travel somewhere, yeah, I'm not your primary. I become your secondary <laughs> reason to come there. It's like, I get it. So where can they all find you? Like that, like nobody knows where to find Zan at Zan warning on all social platforms, wrestling with cards on YouTube. That's the main hub of my content wrestling with cards, the podcast. I kind of do those episodes as I have time. And you know how me and Tony have no time to do anything. I mean, sometimes we eat on episodes because we have no time. Sometimes we take naps on episodes because we don't have time to sleep. So we try to get through it as much as we can. But we do appreciate you guys listening today. Tony said it. Please engage. If you like this show, let us know on social media. Share it with a friend. Let other people on social media know, hey, you like it. Hey, you hate it. Hey, these guys are talking about wrestling cards. They don't know what they're talking about, but they're talking about wrestling cards. Go listen to them, whatever it is. Just let us know that uh, this, you know, the time that we're spending to record these is bringing you value and, you know, just continuing to push the hobby forward. So uh, please subscribe, whatever you're listening to this on again, share with a friend. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Keep collecting wrestling cards, no matter if it's a rookie card or a non-rookie card, no matter if it's $10,000 or 10 cents, just keep having fun collecting wrestling cards. Enjoy. Until next week, we'll see you.